0: This episode of the Klaus to the Heart podcast has been rated M for mature audiences only. Some material and dialogue may not be suitable for members of the family under 18 years of age. You want to get raw? Let's get raw. This is the Klaus to the Heart. Klaus to the Heart. Klaus to the Heart podcast. We are going to talk about things that affect everyday life. Some of it you're going to agree with, some of it you're not. You're damn right I'm fired up because this is a topic worth being fired up about. There is silver lining in just about anything, you just have to look for it because it's not always going to be at the forefront. This is the Klaus to the Heart Podcast. Podcast. This is the Klaus to the Heart podcast, powered by Anchor.fm. Hey everybody, I'm Jason Klaus, and you're listening to the Klaus to the Heart podcast, powered by Anchor.fm. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to give the show a listen. And I've said it from day one how much I appreciate the feedback. And, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, because I mean it lets me know that number one you're listening, and number two something is resonating with you and I certainly appreciate that, and I appreciate all of the feedback that that we get for either the show here or the one on youtube and i and I realize um you know this show is um it's almost like appointment listening for for some of you um whether you are on your way to work on on this Tuesday morning as this show drops like my friend Cindy does or later on in the day when my friend Ray Jackson goes to work he he listens to the show so I certainly appreciate them and you for taking time out of your of your week to listen to the program. It certainly means a lot. Um, on today's episode, we are going to talk about uh, an, an aspect of life that um, is, is pretty universal. It, it's, it's just a matter of how does it affect your, your individual c- circumstance. And that is not taking no for an answer. Another way to look at it is when is the right time to accept no as an answer and um, you know d- depending on how you view the world d- depending on what you are embarking on r- all depending on what it is that y- your journey your ultimate that de- you know your ultimate uh, f- finish line your destination, whatever that looks like for for you this is going to be something that uh you are going to deal with at least once you know for some of us it's multiple times but at some point during the course of our lives we are going to be encountered with the word no no you cannot do this no you cannot say that no 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 now a lot of times when the word no is utilized in a conversation in which you are a part of um, you know it's it's going it's it, it's either going to derail your hopes and dreams and motivation and momentum or it's going to motivate you even more because you know from as long as we can remember We've never liked being told no to anything because generally speaking, when we are met with the word no as an answer, it's because we have inquired something, we have inquired some sort of information or some sort of help or whatever the case fits here as you are trying to achieve something that you want, need, or desire. Now, it all depends on what it is that we're talking about in any circumstance, because I think we can all agree, at least the majority of us, who are in their right minds, who are of sound mind, uh, we certainly don't want to entangle ourselves in any kind of activity that could and possibly does cause some sort of harm to somebody else, either physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually in some cases. Um, now, if, if you are an individual where that just does not register with you and you, you don't care one way or the other about another human being's feelings or how what you do or say affects them in a negative manner, well... As I've said it before, and I'll say it a whole lot more during the course of these programs, that makes you a butthole. And I'm not even wasting my time in talking to that, that, that faction right now. That's, that's a story, that's a topic for another day. T- today I want to focus on when is it the right time to accept no as an answer. And on the flip side of that, you know, what can we do when we are met with the word no? And later on in this week's program, uh, I'm, you are going to hear uh, my conversation with Laura Rakowski. Uh, she's better known to Michigan Wrestling Organization fans as Hall of Famer Laura Phoenix. And she is, in a lot of ways, the epitome of not taking no for an answer and continuing to work her ass off to to achieve these these goals and these dreams that she had in mind specifically in her case in tackling these different genres that has that had been in a lot of cases t- traditionally male dominated and you can imagine if if you are in any kind of circumstance where you are the underdog either by way of race or sex or you know your your individual makeup that may not you know check off all these imaginary bullshit boxes that have been handed down from a lot of cases from from one generation to the next uh i mean in twenty twenty there is no more glass ceilings if it, it it seems like and especially for these demographic of people that at one time or another may had may have been labelled as a minority and in turn a long shot to achieve these different goals and dreams and you know these these different things that that we're working towards. So we're going to get to to my conversation with Laura here in a little bit. But before we do, I kind of want want to spend a few minutes here and just talk about you know, at there there are there are times when we are met with the word no that it is truly for our own good. We just may not realize it at the time. It may not register with us at the time because we are so focused on what it is that we are trying to do that we will we will compromise in, in some cases just about anything just to get to where we feel we need to be. When we are so focused on that end game, when we are so focused on that finish line or that accomplishment, that, that 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 goal or the achievement or whatever it is, we don't look at the the different obstacles in our way or the things that are per, that could provide us with a a tremendous. Challenge that I mean ultimately could and very and, and a lot of times knocks us off the path on which we are embarking. it doesn't have to be that way, but at the same time we need to kind of while we are focused, we need to keep our head kind of on a swivel, and when we don't have our heads on a swivel and we and we don't see the the different dangers that are that are lurking that we may not see you know that's where our friends our family our support staff come into play because they're looking at the situation from an outsider's you know point of view focusing in on what it is that, that we're trying to do now if those people care anything about you they're they're going to do what they can to steer you away from these these dangers and these these challenges and things like this um, if they don't give a shit about you, they're just going to let you run, you know, head first into a boulder, and whatever happens, happens. When that happens, a lot of times it's because that individual is also vying for the same goal or end game that you are. So that that's one more, you know, one more a, a competitor they no longer have to worry about because. You were so focused on it, you smacked. You ran smack dab into the middle of this big ass boulder in the middle of the road, and it, it's knocked you for a loop. Now, on the opposite side of that coin, but along the same lines, you are going to encounter these... These situations and, and and things like this, where when there is any type of, of of competition, when there is more than one person zeroed in on one specific goal, target, finish line, end game, what however you want to 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 phrase it. Um, that's that's when you're going to hear the word no a whole lot more because it's an effort to to make you you know number 1 you know you know make you question whether you are on the right path it will make you wonder if what you're doing is the right way and it you know when we are engulfed in in this this journey You know, we we want to believe that we're going to put in the hard work. And as long as you put in the hard work, it's going to be something of a cakewalk to get to where you want to be. That could not be further from the truth. Because if you don't work for it, it's never going to really materialize in the way you you imagined it. And when you start making headway, when you are in in the midst of your journey and you're really starting to make some noise, you are really starting to, you know, by leaps and bounds, you are you know you are itching closer to that that finished that you know finish line. And a lot of times this is where the word no really starts to become a a frequent part of conversation. And you got to sit there and you have to evaluate whether or not, or I guess how much time you're going to put into thinking about these different attempts to derail your momentum, to take you off your path. Number one, you got to think about the source from which that's coming. It could be for, it it could be somebody that you've trusted a long time that you can wholeheart- your wholeheartedly trust. Now, when in in that circumstance, when it comes from a confidant, when it become when it comes from a real. True friends, somebody that you know has had your back through thick and thin, without question. There's never been any kind of um, a situation to where you've questioned their motives. Then that's when you really want to start to put some serious, you know, thought into why, why are, why is the word no being brought up so much? Generally, it's because these people care about you. And they know how much uh, how much hard work is is being put into your your journey, into your dreams, into your goals. You've talked to them about it at great length, sometimes for hours on end. So they they know the backstory. They know what is truly in your heart of hearts, and they know why which is one of the most important things. Why do you want to, you know, achieve this goal? Why do you want to get to point B? What is it? What makes it tick? What is the motivation? Your true motivation. Because your your closest friends and the ones that know you best, you're not going to bullshit them. You may go to great lengths and, you know, kind of mask over fine details or things of this nature with people you aren't necessarily close to, but that you have some sort of of consistent contact with, generally speaking, co-workers, you know, or or people that that you run into at the gym or whatever, just people you see on a regular basis, but you don't really have that kind of personal connection between the two of you. The ones that you do have that kind of connection with, those are the ones that you really want to take a moment and be like, look, maybe they're seeing something that I'm not and they're trying to steer me clear of a disaster, of a setback, of, you know, something that could conceivably halt any momentum you have worked towards up to that point. The other side is, is it's it's going to be those people that deter you. The ones that don't want you to succeed because more often than not they want to be where you're heading and you are a competitor. And in a lot of cases it's because you are leading the pack of those who want to be in the in the position or the spot that you are. And they will do and say anything to make you question yourself they will do anything to make you second guess your ability they will do anything and say anything to to overtake your lead so that they can get to where you have worked your ass off for they may have you know bided their time they may have waited in the wings while you have plowed this trail up to this point they start seeing something of a finish line in the not so far far distance well then that's where that's when they're going to plan their attack take you out of the game and just kind of coast their way the rest of of the journey that's when you refuse to take no for an answer Another aspect of this, and this is where where I was inspired to get in contact with Laura, is because this, this next element is something that she can identify with a lot, especially because she's a woman who was trying to make a name for herself in a very much male-dominated genre. Actually, two of them. One of them... This professional wrestling. The other was to be an on-air radio personality. And through hard work, through determination, through disappointment, she has continued her track to where she wants to be. And she has become a star in the wrestling world. She is a professional wrestling hall of famer. While at the same time, she is embarking on her dreams of being an on-air radio personality. Is it her ideal situation? No, but that is what motivates her to keep working her ass off to get to where she wants to be. In both genres, in both realms of entertainment... Laura is a great example of what hard work and determination can and will ultimately lead to. She is also a prime example of why you should not take no from an, for an answer when that answer comes from somebody who covets your spot, who sees something in you that is threatening, It's threatening to them and to where they want to be. To them and their momentum. To their work ethic. You're going to hear that. You're going to hear more about that later on in the show here. But I'm here to tell you. The more you hear the word no. No, you can't. Don't. Anything of under that umbrella, it's because you're a threat. It's because you are a challenge. It is because you are gaining on a, a a a similar goal that somebody else wants and covets, and instead of putting in the hard work, they're going to do what what whatever they can to ride your coattails. I just I just said it but it bears repeating because the more you hear it, the more you start to understand there might be some truth to this. You think back to any, any, any type or any point in your life when you have worked towards something, when you have, you know, tried to make your way towards a dream or a goal or a destination of some sort. How many times have you been told, no, you can't How many times have you been told, don't do that? How many times have you been told you need to shift your focus elsewhere? It's because you are on the right path. It is because you are making headway, and it's because, in some cases, you are rocking the boat, you are approaching that imaginary glass ceiling, and you are about to ready to blast that bitch into the stratosphere it's 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 the truth it's the truth, especially when you are a demographic that is deemed a a minority or an underdog in a certain type of genre that had been up to that point, dictated and, and dominated by a different demographic. This day and age, you're seeing more and more of these glass ceilings being shattered. And it's those people who are inspiring people like you who are trying to work towards your goal, that have this ultimate dream in place and be damned any challenge that gets thrown your way. Because you are going to overcome that challenge and the strength that it took to get you past that point is just going to add to your momentum. And it will continue to carry you up until you get to your goal. At least temporarily. It can happen. But like most anything else, it all depends on how you approach the subject. It depends on how you tackle the uh, the challenge. It's individualized. And I know a lot of this is easier said than done. But you look at any success story, you look at anybody that you've looked up to as, as a mentor or somebody that has inspired you. Somewhere along the lines, they've been told, no, you can't do this. No, you shouldn't do that. And they took the word no, crumpled it up, And shoved it down their critics' throats. Proverbially speaking, of course. And there's nothing that says that you can't do the same thing. It's just, it's a mindset, man. It's how bad do you want it? And are you willing to go through these these episodes of shitstorms that I have no doubt you are going to encounter along the way? But... Like I've said many, many times on this show, when you get to that that goal or that you check that box off the list or whatever, it's going to mean that much more to you because you did the impossible. You did what nobody else thought you could. You did what everybody else told you you shouldn't or that you can't do. And that's going to make all the difference in the world. And sometimes on our darkest day, on our darkest hour, when we feel like that, maybe we can't do this. When we are, when we are approached by an obstacle or a challenge, that does seem to be too much. It will be that one instance, that one memory of somebody that means something either positively or neg- or on a negative tone. It will be that person that says, no, you can't, whispering in your ear, and that is going to be all the motivation that you need to take a half a step back, reevaluate the situation, and punch holes in the most vulnerable spot So that you can overcome that obstacle and continue your track to whatever the goal is. We are going to take a quick break here on the podcast. And when we come back, you are going to hear my conversation with MWO Hall of Famer Laura Phoenix. More of the Clausen Heart podcast is right after these messages. Hey everybody, this is the Hitman, Brett Fortney. And I'm Todd Gilbert. Join us every Wednesday night exclusively on Solid State Radio for Hanging with the Hitman. Every week we'll be discussing music, movies, pop culture, current events, basically anything that's going on or anything that comes to mind. So turn it up, come hang with us. There's no better place to hang than with the Hitman. Available exclusively on SolidStateRadio.net or the Solid State Radio app. Available on all Android and iOS devices. Toodles. You're listening to the Close to the Heart podcast here on Anchor.fm. We certainly appreciate you hanging around here. Uh, I'm being joined by, and I'm, we're, we're going to try this again, because we're having a lot of issues right now for some reason. <laughs> Um but we've been talking about not taking no for an answer. And, and my guest this week is somebody who is the absolute epitome of that mind of, of that mindset, you know, especially in the absolute crazy world of professional wrestling in up until, you know, a few years ago had been pretty much a male dominated industry. Well, my guess is somebody who refused to accept that and has really made her own niche, especially in the terms of my organization with the Michigan Wrestling Organization. I'm very pleased to welcome to the show MWO Hall of Famer, Laura Phoenix. Laura, it's great to have you on the show we're going to try this again a full disclosure this is our third time trying to do this
1: in the and at last this hour and at this point i can pretty much guarantee that if <laughs> this shit keeps going on we're just going to go ahead and attach that m rating and just get it over with yeah
0: no kidding well laura as you heard we're you know the 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 topic of this week's show is not taking no for an answer and that that certainly fits you to a T. and you know my dealings with you have been pretty much on a on a professional level with professional wrestling and we'll get to that here in, in a little bit but before we do Um, Let's kind of lay lay the groundwork and kind of a backstory for our listeners, specifically for MWO fans who, I mean, really, you know, you are on their radar, you know, you, for as long as you have been a a superstar with the MWO, you know, you have been one of those marquee, you know, larger than life figures. I mean, it started as a manager then you, you, you know slowly but surely you have made your mark within within the ring and and it's it's an incredible story really but before we get there um, you, know, you know for those who don't know you're not from michigan you grew no. up in in pennsylvania so kind of talk you know talk to us about that
1: um yeah I'm I'm actually originally from uh central PA I'm from a city called Williamsport and for those who know any kind of sports uh two weeks out of the year the entire world turns their attention to Williamsport because it's the home of the Little League World Series where literally the baseball teams from you know kids from the ages of 10 to 12 come and play for two weeks and and it's not just you know the kids from the United States it's kids from all around the world and uh just, I I grew up there and, um, surrounded by sports. I grew up with a, you know, pretty much a normal family. I'm the oldest of two girls. My sister, Jen, is about three years younger than me, you know, mom and dad, you know, together the entire time. And, you know, somewhat of a, you know, a, a, a normal life and just, um, the way it was is, I I was never one to, to fit into any particular you know niche. I played sport, I played sports, um, but I loved to write. Uh, I you know kind of you know got hurt in high school, so sports went out the window. I was in orchestra, I was in choir, um, I was in marching band, so I was pretty much a band geek. Uh, just an average student, you know, so this, you know, here, you know, here I am, you know, 18 year old, I'm, I'm off to the world, <laughs> go to pit and I'm trying to still find my niche. And I grew up, I, I really didn't become a wrestling fan until like 1996, right around the Shawn Michaels concussion uh, era. And um, I I fell in love with wrestling. I knew, it, it, uh, what I knew in high school was, is I wanted to do something. When I grew up, I wanted to be in front of a camera or in front of a microphone. I wanted to be that, and sand wrestling and all that stuff. It was just like, oh, I want to do this, but I didn't know how. Right. Um, mind you, in 1998, once I had graduated high school, I was off to college. I went to Pitt. Uh, I was at I was at University of Pittsburgh for a year. And a friend of mine who just recently passed away this year, his name was Rob Allison, um, he introduced me to the independent circuits. And in Wham Sport, we had no independent circuits for some strange reason. We we watched, at the time, was WWF and then WCW and occasional ECW. And he's like, well, here, let's get you into this. And he introduced me to uh, NWA East. and I was like okay yeah I'll go check this out I'm not even I'm not even shitting you when I say this (laughs) I hopped on a bus rode a bus for a good hour and a half to go watch uh, NWA East at a rundown mall in I believe it was McKeesport which is just outside of Pittsburgh and taking the off chance that I would get stranded every single Mm -hmm. time I went out there and it was just to try and and get an idea or just trying to figure out how to kind of get into it. And they're like, Oh, well, just wait, just wait. We really don't have a school. Just wait. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, (laughs) um, I lasted a year, not even a year in Pittsburgh and ended up moving to Michigan. I was in Michigan officially in 1999 and, um, and living at the time with my boyfriend uh and we went to GLW uh Great Lakes Wrestling which was run by Mike Kelly God rest his soul and uh actually that's where i met Steve too <laughs> and uh we ended up uh i i ended up asking him how how do i get in where where am i going where where do i need to go and uh they're like, well, this is what you should do, and they introduced me to TZW. They had their own school, and that's where I started with wrestling. And uh, yeah, so it's pretty much the wild—that's the—that's the, that's the uh, wild toad version of everything. <laughs> I find
0: it ironic that it was in that era that you became familiar with wrestling because. I mean that was still a long ways away from the women's re- revolution. Now that that we've been seeing for the last five five years or so, right? Because yeah. Back then, the girls that were on TV, you know, Sonny and Sable and Francine, and and even some of the girls in in WCW, they weren't really on there to wrestle. They were more more or less eye candy. So w- when you started looking at wrestling and and you started figuring out that this was something that you wanted to do was it to be a wrestler at first or was it just to to be in front of the camera in 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 any way shape or form
1: (laughs) um at first i was content on just being a manager now at that time there was valets and then there was managers, which valets were just the eye candy. The managers were the ones who actually took the bumps. Your Bobby Heenan's your Jimmy Hart's um, sunny in some shape and form. Francine was a definite another one. Uh, So, you know, they were like, sometimes they would categorize them as valets just because they had a pair of tips on them. (laughs) (laughs) But at, uh, at that period of time, um oh I, I was i was content with being a manager uh i really didn't want to get into the wrestling aspect of it and the story behind that reasoning actually cuz i was i was almost convinced um by the um by the teachers to uh, to to do the wrestling thing because they were actually starting to get some women in uh to do uh matches and stuff but The there was a period of time I was at I was going to uh, Thunder Zone Wrestling School, and it was trained at that time by Truth Martini and Brian Shotwell. And there was a young lady that was in the ring. She was uh, becoming a manager herself, but she was also training in the ring to take the bumps and stuff like that. And I watched her doing a a front bump, which is a flip bump, you know, ass over tea kettle. And she crowned herself. And mm. crunched, the, crunched the shit out of her neck. She ended up in the hospital. I saw her a number of years ago. And the last time I had talked to her, she still can't do a cartwheel. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Because, that's, yeah, that's how screwed up she did. <laughs> and after she did that, and Truth and Brian got her out of the ring, Shotwell looks dead at me he goes, okay, your turn. At the time, I wasn't nearly as ballsy as I am now. <laughs> and it, it scared the shit out of me. Um, sure. so I, I, you know, I was looking at it from a standpoint of, okay, I'm good with, you know, being attacked and doing small things here and there, but I was just, I was very content on just playing the manager role and I wasn't just doing the manager role. I was also ring announcing, um, I was actually, I was actually the voice of GLW and TZW for a long period of time, um, became the voice of XICW for a period of time and I was I was content in that situation. And then, you know, a number of years down the road, my daughter was born and I was starting to like go, OK, I can see the, the aspect of wanting to really be in there. And I'm just sitting here just going, OK, I've got to figure this out. And then as I was going through that situation, I come across a, uh, a woman who's actually now she's now down in NXT Training at the training facility. Her she her name was the time Sarah Del Rey, Sarah Amato, yeah. and I got to watch her in the independent circuit. And I'm just sitting there going, "I can do this. I can I can fucking do this. I want to do this." <laughs> so yeah, that you know it's kind of you know the it, literally it took me, I would say from the time I started, which was about in the year 2000, to the time I really like saw Sarah for the first time and, and really wanted to start getting in the ring a little bit more. It took probably about seven years for, sure. for me to really do that. And a lot of that too was, I was, um, I had my daughter, Jocelyn, who's now 17 and she makes me feel older every single damn day. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, who, and she's also, yeah, you know, she's, she's, you know, wanting to get in the ring too. And, um, and then uh, just kind of, you know, I was in a situation where, like, the timing was just not there. And then once like, once we got back to Michigan and actually, you know, joined up with MWO and I was just like, OK, OK, I can I think I can do this. <laughs> so, I mean,
0: what's what's fascinating is you are setting your sights on an industry that was male dominant. Oh, very much
1: now,
0: so. Right. So before you came to the MWO and and you started to really get the itch that you wanted to get, you know, more f- physically involved. When you when when you presented that to a promoter or a trainer or or anybody of this nature, was there a lot of of resistance as well? Maybe you. I mean, you're good for eye candy. You're good for the the manager or the valet role, but we don't really see anything for you in in our in our promotion. Did you run into that a lot?
1: Um. Yeah, uh, a couple of different times. Um, you know, and, I, and I'll I'll say this to. the you know, pretty much until the, you know, the day I die. But you, you <laughs> with the MWO, at first it was kind of like, you know, I held back a little bit. I didn't want to push too much to, you know, I didn't want to, you know, take that chance because I got a lot of pushback from uh, it, it, for, it wasn't from GLW because GLW at the time was starting to wane down. Mike was starting to get out of it. Uh, TZW was, um we were running storylines for with, with Steve and um, uh, it was a tag team. There was a couple of other things, but they really didn't want me to get physically involved. Uh, when we were, because the, there's a period of time when we moved back to Pennsylvania, Steve and I moved back to Pennsylvania so we could have Jocelyn be a little bit on the safer side. We were involved and uh, uh, a promotion out in Altoona and, uh, he was more focused on Steve than he was me. And I didn't like that. Sure. And then the same thing happened at a promotion in, uh in Maryland in Hagerstown, Maryland, where he was more fo- They were more focused on Steve and didn't want me there. And I didn't like that. And it happened again in Chicago where they were more focused on Steve and Mike, uh, who was his tag partner at the time. And it happened on one show, and in the second show, I stopped. I looked at the guy I said, you are not putting me in the back again. I will be out there. I don't give a damn what you have to say. And when they realized that I kind of snapped a little bit, they were like, oh, shit, you know, she's she's wanting to do something. And then all of a sudden I started getting a little bit more freedom. It, it was hard to kind of, you know – put that out you know it was kind of hard at, at first but I found myself I pushed myself I pushed the, the the boundaries just a little bit more see how far I could go until somebody pushed back and I found my f- real fr- first push back when we moved <laughs> we, we we were we were back and doing stuff for for MWO um and with, with Kurt and and everything we were having fun and we found this promotion down here that ran a school. So, and I looked at it at that time, this is about 2010. Okay. I had just had Evan. I was, and I, I hit 30. I'm 40 now I hit 30 and I just had my son and I was done. I was done having kids and I'm just like, okay, you know what? It's time to shit or get off the pot. And I went in, I started finishing off my training figuring out how to put stuff together. Cause that was where my big thing was. I had the bumps down. I was trying to figure out everything else. Mm-hmm. And the particular, that promoter would not allow managers. There was an absolute rule against managers. And no matter how hard I pushed, she would push back even harder. And then I would, you know, I would talk to her husband who ran in the back and he was a main star of the promotion too. And I was like, you know, why, why can't I do this? I'm still, you know, I'm helping out. I'm here. I'm, I'm training. Why can't I be out there? Well, she doesn't want managers. And at that point I was pissed. I'm like, okay, fine. If she doesn't want managers, fuck it. I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a wrestler. I'm going to finish off. And then I'm going to shove it down her goddamn throat. <sighs>
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and I pushed and pushed, and I finally finished my training. I was literally I – was, I, I, was, I was ready to go, and promotion closes. <laughs> and I went – literally, like, I, I think – and it's funny because um, uh, uh, Will Waters, uh, who you know, um, was a part of the promotion as well as a few others. Ricky Cartier was another one. And literally, they watched me at their final show, and they had a female there who was finished with her training, had no match. I looked at the promoter. I told her, I will go out there. She can kick me in the head, pin me, pay me. I'm off. No, you're not finished. You're not right. finished. You're not finished. I'm like, but you're wasting her. You won't, won't We won't let her face the guys. Well, no, we don't want to do that because we are such and such a promotion. Okay, fine fuck it (laughs) so at that point in time it was like once they once that show was done and that promotion was dead I'm like okay I'm not letting what I learned go to waste and that's when I you know I kind of got I got a hold of you and I'm just like Jason (laughs) you want to come back (laughs) but guess what (laughs) right
0: Because you guys had originally come to MWO around 2006, uh-huh. and you were strictly in in the manager role. But my my first exposure to you and Steve, for for that matter, was when Levi Blue had had the rock and roll. Oh yes, that okay. And I was over at his house when he was doing. Um one one of his rock and raw shows, and you had called into his show, and I was listening to your story that you were telling him, and it it you guys were with with a TZW at uh-huh. that point, and you were telling him something that had gone on at that previous show or a, a training session or whatever, and when the show ended. And he had talked to a few a few different people on that on that particular episode, and I remember sitting down in his basement with him, and I said, "Tell me about Laura Phoenix." And he kind of, you know, he told me a lot of what you have, you know, lay, laid out here, and I was like, "Well, bring them to MWO, bring her and Steve up up to MWO, and let's figure something right. out here," because I I was so drawn by your passion i mean you i mean even as you just got done telling me and 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 my listeners your whole story here you can really tell the passion that's in your voice.
1: And I'm I'm like well, that with a lot of things, even when it comes to like my job, like my, my, my shoot job per se, because I I'm um I'm an on-air personality with a radio station here in Michigan, which is another male-dominated society. And I'm I'm used to it by now. I've been there for five years and it's you know, I'm still pushing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't like taking no for an answer at all. <laughs> So where where does that
0: stem from Laura who what what was who what, who was your biggest influence as you were you were kind of you know coming in, into your own not just as a wrestling fan or a radio personality but just you know you as a person because I've always maintained and you've heard me say this a thousand times over the course of us working together The most successful characters in a show, regardless of what kind of show it is, is an extension of your actual personality, just turned very much so. So who who was your biggest um for
1: me? I mean, I have several influences um, when it comes to uh, like any kind of wrestling aspect. I've talked about Uh, Sarah Del Rey. You know, she is a she's a big like I look up to her, especially because she was one of maybe three in one promotion that, uh, you know, just, you know, she and so she would have to push and it would only they could only do so much with three women until they'd have to face the guys. But when it comes to me personally, what makes it's not just Laura Phoenix, but Laura Rakowski, what makes her tick? I would always have to say my mother, um, Wanda, it was her name. She passed away in 2016, but my mom was a big fighter. She was, she was a big advocate of making sure that her girls both knew that they could always push to make a better world. Um, my mom, bless her. Uh, she, worked full time. Uh, she was the mother of a Navy man. You know, she, she, she was uh, the wife uh, my father was uh, in the Navy. Uh, he was re- in reserves at the time I was born. So he was reserved up until 1998. And, but there was times it was just literally the, us girls. And mm-hmm. um, she would be there and push to, to make sure that her girls had everything. And it was, very rare that I would ever see my mother like ever get completely like upset at something. But when she did, holy shit, you better get the hell out of her way because more than likely you're going to end up in traction or at least feel like you were three inches tall. Um, <laughs> sure. She, she was, you know, she <laughs> was such a strong influence on, on myself and my sister that she would just, it it, it was a, a sight to behold um, where I knew that there wasn't a way that I was going to be able to retreat into being like legitimately those times when you first meet me, I'm a very like, I'm a very like introverted person and I, 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 I have to call it shy and people laugh at me. He <laughs> said, anybody who knows me knows I'm not a shy person. But I found that I am a very I, I can get introverted when things go awry sometimes. Well, back in two thousand, um I had literally just got back home from visiting my family, and uh, she ended up almost passing away from a brain aneurysm. And I went out there and I spent two weeks out there with her as she recovered. And after two weeks, I was like, Mom, I'm actually thinking about just moving back and helping take care of you. And she looks right at me and she's like, Laura, Lynn, no, get your ass back to Michigan and do what you need to do. And at that point in time, I was like, she's not going to let me give up on myself. I'll be damned if I disappoint her. And that started sure. off. That's where like a lot of it really kicked off for me. Where I was getting set to start at uh, Spex Howard, which is now it was at the time broadcast arts. It's now media arts. It's where I would learn to do the uh, the radio gig. I was uh, just actually getting back into doing training with uh, TZW, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm not going to disappoint her. Mind you, I've had we've had setbacks. But those setbacks right. aren't going to, I'm not going to let those setbacks define me. I look at it as a break in the chapter to start the next one. So mm-hmm. like, I wasn't out to, you know, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to be the one to disappoint her at all. I was going to push it. And um, in fact, I think it was, it was, a, I want to say it was the year before she had passed away. Um, and uh, they came out for, uh, both uh my kids' birthdays my my mom and dad came out for my for the birthdays and we're like I'm like you know what you guys want to hang out you know for a little bit and come up to Flint with us. We were we were at the time I think we were we were uh oh, we hadn't transferred over to uh Richfield Road yet we were I think we were still with David in the back of the yeah City, the Market. City Market. There we go. And um, yep. it was a back-to-back, but we missed, we missed the Saturday show, but we were still able to come to the Sunday show. And uh, I had uh, mm-hmm. originally, I, I had asked to, to do a match because I was actually just starting to really get into doing the wrestling thing with MWO and wasn't able to fit it in. I, at that time, I had no problem with it, um, but I made sure that my mom knew that because of her, I was able to do it. And I will thank Antoine for this, this dying day. And you're going to have to excuse me because I'm going to get a little emotional at the moment. But um, Jack Price was, he was kind enough to go, your parents are here. We're going to show you off. And he allowed me to have a few spots with him and put me over in front of my mom and my dad. And to this day, I will always say thank you to Jack for that because that was the only time my mom got me to not see me do anything in the wrestling world she never got it but she she always pushed me to, to make sure that I wanted to, what I wanted to do I did
0: Antoine is one of those guys that um, you know you <laughs> I can understand why why that's emotional, and I can totally see him doing something like that because that's just the kind of guy he is fundamentally. oh yeah him, him and Ben you know,
1: <laughs> that that whole that that match between him and 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 steve and that and with Ben out there and everything in between that was the only time my mom paid attention at that show, and I turned sure. around after um we did the DDT after the match in the ring and I turned around and I looked at her and she had a this big smile on her face. And I was just like, Oh my God, Antoine, I love you forever for giving me this chance. (laughs) So, Oh, but yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome that, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry you didn't have an opportunity to, really showcase everything that you could of for your for your mom while while she was here i remember very vividly you calling me uh very shortly after everything had happened with her passing away and you know i i remember you know how sorry i was because i knew back then what what a close bond you guys had and now you know kind of hearing your story i can i i get a better picture of it because she was obviously a huge yeah. influence on you and mm-hmm. as, as far as that realm is is concerned i i think it's safe to say that you've more than made it, her proud
1: and because, it's weird because uh, from that aspect i also look at the way that i you know i parent both my children jocelyn like i said is 17 she's Right now she's a sophomore in high school. She's, you know, she's getting set to become, you know, an adult in this crazy Mm -hmm. freaking world that we live in right now. And I also look at Evan and I'm kind of like, you know, what kind of example do I want to set for those two? And for those who don't know, Mm -hmm. Jocelyn, like I said, she's 17. She's a sophomore because Jocelyn's cognitive impaired. And Evan is ten. He's a fourth grader, and he has ADHD and autism. And mm-hmm. so I, I have to, you know, I learn from different aspects of both of those two because both of them learn in such a different way. And I want to push, sure. and I want to push Jazzy to be a strong woman because of her cognitive disability. Some people are going to take advantage of that, and I want right. her to be able to go out into the world when she's ready and go and have, if somebody tries to take advantage of her, she knows damn well that she has every right to go uh, (laughs) as on how it works and do her thing.
0: Right. That was kind of going to be my, the, the last part of, of this, of this conversation was, was on Jocelyn because you can tell at this point she has aspirations to follow in her very much i you know i've watched her you know grow up she was just a young thing when when you guys really became a focal point in the organization i remember when you were pregnant with with evan So it's it's crazy to me to hear when you put it in perspective. You know, goddamn, she's going to be seventeen years old, and it just that doesn't. No, in
1: fact, there's pictures of her floating around. I want to say it's probably still on MySpace, maybe even somewhere along my Facebook. She is three, three or four, and she's helping tear down the ring at Terry's Lounge.
0: Well, I mean, up until our, our shows got got put on hiatus because of COVID and everything, each and every time that, that she's there, her and, and and Whitney Reed both, I mean they they want oh, yeah. to learn. They want to work. They they are in there with setup and teardown and what, what needs to be done. I mean they uh-huh have a great appreciation for what we do and she posted something on Twitter the other day I don't know it was via TikTok or or whatever but she did this kind of performance type of (laughs) thing I'm like my god this is look you know a a younger version of Laura
1: yeah yeah she is she is legitimately like everybody looks at her and she goes oh my and they go oh my god she is your twin (laughs) yeah yeah and i keep telling people and i'm I'm my mom's twin we don't we don't give birth in this family we clone (laughs) because um my grandmother my grandmother dirky was pretty much no she she was the ball buster too and just you know so i'm you know trying to pass that (laughs) on to you know to the next gen with especially with jocelyn um yeah we i've watched her there's times that she does stuff with tiktok And she she got me involved in TikTok too. And which I'm sitting here, I'm looking at myself going, I'm a 40 year old woman, I'm on TikTok. What is wrong with this situation? But there's times (laughs) I see stuff that she does, and I go, I would have never thought about that. And it, it blows my mind.
0: Yeah. It's crazy, but I mean, let's, I mean, she's been, she's been around the business for as long as she can't act- really remember. Both her parents are, are, are involved. Both of them are Hall of Famers. She, she watched you both go into the Hall of Fame at, at separate times.
1: So, I mean, that's.
0: That's a pretty good way to get it Yeah. And she, like, business.
1: she, both her and Evan have both been around since the day they were, they were pretty much, you know, brought into this world. Um, cause there was, uh, there was a period of time before we actually joined MWL. We ran, we took over Thunder Zone. And she, here she is. Right. She is probably maybe four months old. And we're running a show. And we're up in, I think it was Farmington Hills and and whatnot. This kid, she slept through the entire show. (laughs) Loud music and all, she slept through it. I went, okay, we got something here. And she she watched wrestling with us. And um, to this day, she's still scared of the Boogie Woogie Man. Or, no, sorry. Yeah, no, Boogie Man. Yeah, (laughs) Boogie Man. Oh, you know, there's stories I have of her. (laughs) <laughs> with that particular character but um, but like I just I, I want to make sure that you know that next gen like Jocelyn like Whitney like anybody who is out there that you know sits and or comes to the MWO shows who comes to IWE who comes to wherever I'm particularly working at that point in time and they watch watch me come uh, uh, you know step on the stage and then step into the ring they're like Oh my God! You know, here she is—a woman in a male-dominated industry. And majority of the time, I am working men. (laughs) Which, okay, you know, that's that's what I signed up for. And I told you that when I when I started wanting to really get in the ring, that I had no problem in being the Sarah Del Rey of the MWO. And um, there's actually a story uh, that uh, uh, was—I forget exactly when it was—but Brittany. Uh, Brittany Ryan um, Victor Cross's wife uh, came to me after a show one time and they were when I came out to the ring there was two women there they were like oh this girl she doesn't know how to wrestle she she just she doesn't do anything and I I think I was facing Tyler I was facing Tyler Dean and I threw I threw Tyler into a, a suplex on him and they were like oh okay Maybe she does know how to do this. <laughs> Mind you, I twisted my knee in the middle of that match, but I still kept going. Um, actually, this year i i, I did a, a i did a promotion in June, and I worked four matches. My second match, I broke my finger. I kept going. I, I wrestled the other two matches with a broken finger. It, it, I'm not going to be scared by it. It's just not going to happen.
0: I think I mean that is a true testament to who you are fundamentally as a person, and that's it. That's a huge reason why I wanted you on on the podcast because when you and I had 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 uh, talked last week, I was actually going mm-hmm. to have you on the YouTube show, but that. I started thinking, okay, well, this is the topic I'm going to talk about on the podcast. I, oh man, I really should have her on the podcast because, like I said I, at the very start of this thing, you know, you are the epitome of not taking no for an answer, and I think your message, Laura, is is going to resonate with a lot of my listeners. I think because I have, I mean. When you break down the people who listen to, to my show, you know, the the number of guys that listen to it versus the number of girls right. is not that far off. And I think you have a very positive message that if you're willing to, you know, for the lack of better terms, suck it up and go. You can achieve anything you want in any, in any exactly. genre that you want. I mean, these lines of men and women and all that shit well, is kind of... Yeah, exactly. And I mean, look was, what was happened great-
1: today with Vanderbilt. What happened is a woman who plays goalkeeper for Vanderbilt, she was the place kicker. She was the, she was a walk-on place kicker for Vanderbilt, the very first woman to play in a Power Five game in college football history. We have, we have a woman who is going to be GMing a major league baseball team. We have women that are coaching and, and, and constantly, you know, pushing the boundaries of what, um what women have always been conceived to be able you know, what they think women can do most of the time, you know, oh, well, they're just women all oh, they let, let them stay at home, let them cook or let them be secretaries. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, we want to rule the world. Um, don't let. I, I always say the, the. You know, it's it's kind of funny. I I I I have fears. We all have fears. Every every single one of us, human. If you're, you're human, you have fears. But it's how you know you're going to you know how you dictate your fears. Are you going to let it control you, or are you going to try and push that fear to be able to to get even better? So. Mm-hmm
0: that's that's a recurring theme that that i have on here is kind of using that kind of negative energy and turning around and use it as as your tackling fuel you know kind of reshift your focus and and allow that to motivate you to overcome your fears and to hurdle these these obstacles that are continuously thrown in your way. Yeah. And I, and I mean, my goodness, I mean,
1: we've butted heads on some things. (laughs) I mean, I I seem to recall a certain Wrestle Rama moment that happened. And if it wasn't for me pushing and not letting you tell me, no, that it would never have happened. It still turns out to be one of the greatest Rama moments in history. I think. (laughs) And for those, for those who don't know, it was, uh, myself and Steve, AKA Rex Havoc working with, against, uh, Mr. Positive, who I, I love to this day, I, I love you, Ben, and uh, Victor Cross in a tag match. And if we won, we got to shave Positive's head. And and at intermission, when the cage was coming down and we trapped Positive around, and then, like, it was the strangest damn thing. We didn't expect what happened to ha- happen. Happened. Um, we were on the stage. We had We had him tied up to the chair. And there's uh, there's BD three with us, with the microphone in hand. We have uh, I I forget who was recording it. Uh, I don't know if it was Todd or if there was somebody else. I think it was Todd. But we had been tied yeah, up, and Todd, yeah, as yeah, this cage is getting taken down from around the ring, which just had Jack Price and Apocalypse just throw a five star match, we turn around and we're surrounded by everybody, and we're just like what the hell? And, and, um, but that, that particular moment to me was just so amazing. And then we get to the back and I don't know if I've ever told you this, but Hosky actually comes up to us and goes, well, I'm about to have the best moment in WrestleMania history. Well, Myself, Levi, <laughs> Steve, Ben, we all stop and we look at him going, unless you drop your drawers in the middle of the ring and it's not happening. Because <laughs> we just got surrounded out there. And I'm like, top it, bitch. I dare ya.
0: <laughs> oh, <bro>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got i go I Steve love Hosky.
1: He job is, job. you know, yeah. he, he he wants to be, he wants to be the best and he gets his moments,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Laura, I I certainly appreciate you taking some time out of of your weekend. You know, it's it's the ho- or the tail end of the holiday weekend. Here, not that that uh, really means anything. With uh, your for for me,
1: life, I like literally, working I'm working. Time. I work on the weekends. I throw every bit of work that I have in the weekends. Top it off in this pandemic, I am also writing. I'm uh for those who don't know I'm, I'm starting to work on a book um so that's you know that's a thing it's going to be it's a right now I'm just I'm working on a fictional thing before I try anything else I just want I want to see if I can do it but I'm working I'm taking care of my kids I'm taking care of a husband who's currently broken down and busted um in in the middle of all this craziness and but it like I will, you know, I for me when I'm like when I'm on the air with the radio station, and for those who are in the area, I work for WLEN, and I apologize for my language. If you heard me on the radio, um, I'm clean there, not so much here. What can you fucking do? Um, <laughs> which is funny because like I even like I started my own podcast uh, with Ben, uh, and we had to take a hiatus because he ended up having to move, and then she, his wife. Found out she was pregnant, so we kind of, you know, just kind of sat back a little bit, waiting to see if we're able to get back into it. I'm really hoping we can. Um, which, right. uh, yeah, that's you know, that's a thing for me. I want to get back into, and then I'm also working out, and I recently quit smoking. Which, <laughs> in the middle of this crazy world, I, i I must be certifiable somewhere along the way. Might as well point that one out. But I just I have to, you know, I'm constantly pushing myself and not letting the world tell me that I need to give up because it's not gonna happen. Not until my dying day.
0: That's that's awesome. And and I really can't think of a better way to put to put a bow on this conversation because I I mean that it, kind of bottom exactly. line. Exactly. Don't, don't let the
1: world tell you now.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Laura, I certainly appreciate you and I appreciate you taking time out to come on the show this week. You have a very positive message. I have no doubt that it's going to resonate with a lot of our listeners. Um, and like, like like you said, if you're up in, you know, around the Adrian area, WLEN yep. 103.9 FM.
1: Saturday and right Sunday, Saturday from noon till 7, Sundays from 6 until 1 a.m. Um, I'm also on pretty much every social media platform. You can find me on Facebook under Laura Phoenix or Laura Rakowski. I'm on Instagram under Laura Phoenix. I'm on Twitter. Laura Phoenix or that Rutko girl. I'm also now on TikTok. (laughs) Oh, that one's one's Laura Phoenix 20 because apparently somebody snatched my name before I got there. Oh, well.
0: Hey. (laughs) <laughs> Little Miss TikTok, that's gonna be the.
1: Wait, <laughs> you know, it's so the funny too because I was waiting for you to kind of give me rash of shit because back in August I chopped my hair again, so I'm back to being the Larry short hair.
0: <laughs> I I'm not. I wasn't gonna say anything about that. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't even gonna mention it on this
1: hey, particular. Get episode. it out of the way, you know. What? But like I said, hey, you know, at least. I accept it, and I'm good with it, and just keep on saying, "Hey, the world, can't tell me no, because I'm just going to keep pushing back."
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Laura, I certainly, I certainly appreciate you, and I'm looking forward, and I know you are too, to getting past this pandemic thing, so we can, kind oh of yeah, do business forward, for the yeah. MWO. It'll be good to see, you know, you and Steve and please send him my, my absolute best as he continues to, to recover from injuries and setbacks and things of this nature. But um, she is MWO Hall of Famer Laura Phoenix, and we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with more of the Klaus of the Heart podcast right after this. The all-new Klaus to the Heart website is up and running, and it is your one-stop place for everything under the Klaus to the Heart umbrella, from the YouTube show premieres to new episodes of the podcast, and much, much more, including blogs and message boards and a link to our brand-new merchandise store that is powered by CafePress.com. If you are a fan of the show, if you are a fan of what we are doing, we certainly encourage you to check out the new Klaus to the Heart website. Just look for Klaus to the Heart.net for everything under the CTTH umbrella. And as always, we certainly appreciate your continued support for everything that is Klaus to the Heart. As we put a bow on this week's episode, uh, I certainly, once again, want to thank Laura R- Rakowski for coming on to the show this week. But again, I think she has a very, um, inspirational message. Uh, you know, if, if you're, if you want it bad enough and you're willing to work for it, you will not take no for an answer. And, um, you know, there's a lot of great things on the horizon for her, I have no doubt. But um, we certainly, I wanted to take this time to say, you know, thank you to everybody who continues to support Klaus to, Klaus to the Heart. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it really means a whole lot. And, uh, you know, here's my my shameless plug for, for the week. Anything under the Klaus to the Heart umbrella. The new podcast, the new YouTube premieres, we have one c- coming up next week. Uh, and I think that, um, and, you know, especially MWO fans are really going to enjoy, but um, not just wrestling fans. I mean, it's 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 a very uh, entertaining conversation and next week on the YouTube channel, um, but you can find all of the information you know if it has anything to do with CTTH, you can find it on our official website at cloustotheart.net. So with that, take care of yourselves and each other. Be awesome to one another. And we will see you right here next week. Next Tuesday at midnight, the a brand new episode drops of the Klaus to the heart podcast, powered by anchor.fm Bye.